0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Write that. Write that down, Fumisaito.
1: (laughs) Hello from Burbank, California. Once again, thank you for joining us for another episode of Write That Down on the Fight Game Media Network. My name is Justin Nipper. I'm an editor, FightGameMedia.com staff writer, f 4 WrestlingObserver.com. I also work for Pro Wrestling Noah and CyberFight Inc. And I'm back with the one and only the Professor himself, Funmi Saito. What are we talking today? We're talking wwf slash wwe champions in japan throughout the years and today's episode we talk about really focusing on bruno sammartino we talk about superstar billy graham we talk about hogan we had some technical issues towards the end we'll explain that later but we're going to talk about the early days of WWE, WWF champions in Japan today, so get ready for that, but before yeah, before we get started, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Fight Game Media Network, Podcast Feed, Spotify, Apple, Downcast, wherever you are listening to your podcasts, it helps us very much. Okay, next week we're going to start off talking about Wrestle Summit next week, but Until then, focus on today's part one, WWF WWE Champions in Japan.
2: Yeah, you know, the first champion Buddy Rogers and then uh, Bruno San Martino beats Buddy Rogers in 48 seconds at Madison Square Garden. Um, to be exact, like May of 1963. Then Bruno San Martino had seven-year reign initially until he drops the title to Ivan Koloff, right? And uh, at the time, this, this WWE champion in Japan really symbolized and s- kind of tells the the whole big picture story of the relationship between WWE and Japan as a market,
1: we yeah, yeah. not just with one company but with how it interacted with all japan and new japan and how everything at the
2: time yeah 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 and also for the last uh, past 20 years to be exact uh, two thousand since 2002 chris jericho uh, if you remember undisputed double champion like WWE champion and wcw champion two belts on his shoulder mm-hmm. yeah 2002 Yokohama Arena, Chris Jericho and The Rock um, headlined WWE Japan tour, and ever since they've been here, they've been to Japan every, you know, pretty much every year WWE Japan tour, WWE Japan tour every year until 2019. Then, you know, and I know 2020 COVID pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. That. 2020, 2021, 2023, uh, two, for three years, WWE did not have Japan tour, and it does not look like we'll have the the, the they'll, they'll be having WWE Japan tour this year either, mm. does it? I mean, it's usually every July. So. No, but it
1: seems like uh, with both WWE and the rest of the wrestling market that. The, it's getting back on their feet and tours are sure. about to happen and they're starting to do national tours. So maybe next year, maybe, I don't know.
2: Probably. Yeah. But, uh, you, they're going to UK, they're going to mm-hmm. Europe and they're going to Saudi Arabia, but uh, they haven't done any Asian tour like Tokyo, Yokohama tour to, or Australian, New Zealand tour, or China tour, uh, any of that.
1: It seems and- like they're focusing on the English language territories. But they go to Africa, Let's do English-speaking. That's that, English-speaking.
2: English yeah. Or uh, Central and South America, Spanish-speaking. Spanish-speaking, but yeah. some English-speaking. But English do. and Spanish, yes. Mm-hmm. But not Asian market so much, huh? Not and Asian market, no. Time, yeah. At the same time, if you remember, 2021, uh, September of 2021, oh, like the second year of pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. WWE Japan office closed its door.
1: That's right, that's right. Also, it, yeah, uh, I mean the, that, the uh deal with j Sports was up. Uh, I think end of right. 2020.
2: They and it was twenty eighteen. They basically stopped, and there was a, a two year period that the DAZN 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 mm-hmm. was carrying WWE programming, not the pay material, but Monday Night Raw and the, the Friday Night SmackDown uh, live, uh, feed feeds from wherever they are. And, and I was doing a voiceover. So I remember that period real well that, that they're shifting from your cable or your traditional TV to, to live streaming. And it was it just the change of technology and the change of time, I think. And, but then, then again, the, the zone and WWE did not renew the contract. And actually as of right now, 2023, WWE does not have TV or live streaming service here. Isn't that weird? It is.
1: It it seems there's no real uh regular wrestling program or international wrestling program, I should say, that's being regularly broadcast on like a satellite company in Japan right now.
2: Right, the no a- satellite AEW... company cable company, you can you can watch AEW, uh, in, in,
1: but it's through New Japan World, so it's not right.
2: In, in, in the meantime, WWE Network became part of Peacock deal, right? Mm-hmm. Peacock Channel or st- streaming, and WWE Network st- re- re- the, the WWE Network in, in the, within the country of Japan, so you can actually watch WWE Network in Japan.
1: I think that goes for a couple other countries as well. I think the WWE Network is still running for uh, certain right. countries.
2: But there's no Japanese voiceover or subtitles or anything like that. Just right. what WWE Network used to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But today we got to talk about this. That's why we talk about the relationship between WWE I should say, World Worldwide Wrestling Federation, WWWF, that, that started back in 1963 with Buddy Rogers and Bruno San Martino, right? And the very first WWF WWWF champion who came to Japan was, of course, Bruno San Martino. 1967 and 1968, two years in a row that uh, he made a trip to Japan. What was interesting was that he came to Japan at Japan, uh, JWA, uh nippon pro wrestling right that, that he had his belt ww uh, wwf belt in his waist he's wearing it and coming in as a champion he did not defend that WWWF title instead he challenged giant baba's international heavyweight title both times
1: it's yeah. very interesting because i think that's the only time a wwf wwf champion and all Towards Japan, all... yeah, with all Japan,
2: no, no, no. not all Japan. This is JWA,
1: Excuse me, but J also anything but New Japan. It's a, uh, it's not as talked about. And Bruno San Martino's situation was different too because
2: actually he came back to old Giant Baba's old Japan in 1975 during his second reign, and P Giant Baba's PWF. Pacific Wrestling Federation title and the the Bruno San Martino's then WWF title, they had double title uh, title match in 1975. Well, let's start with 67 and 68. He had short tour, you know, that uh, he came in uh, first reign, you know, young, much younger, right, 1967 and 1968 and well um, he had four times schedule with New York and East Coast area, right? So he, he only stayed like 10 days at a time, but he came in as champion, did not defend his WWWF title. He, instead, he challenged Giant Baba's international heavyweight title both times, which was interesting. I don't know why they didn't defend, no, he didn't defend the title, but uh, uh, instead he was a challenger for Baba. They They acknowledged it though. He is america's wwf champion and uh but the challenge but challenging giant Baba's international heavyweight title to make international heavyweight title a little bit more i don't know the bigger i don't know the same thing happened with gene knisky nwa national wrestling alliance champion 67 and 68 both times that uh, gene kineski came in with nwa world heavyweight championship belt he wore the belt in the ring and everything but he did not defend that title instead gene kineski challenged giant baba's international heavyweight title both times so i guess that's how jwa wanted to do it or uh, this is wrestling if you want to have title match you could right Mm -hmm. yeah and uh i'm talking about san martino this time that the 67 trip 68 trip both times he came in with belt around his waist and he was introduced as wwf world champion but he did not defend his title in instead he challenged john baba's international heavyweight title the made international heavyweight title more important probably but it was, you know, like a year, late 60s, two out of three, four match, 60 minute, you know, one four each, and you have either double count out or, or 60 minute Broadway kind of things. Hmm. Yeah. So both guys get out of the ring with each guy's championship belt. Everyone's safe. I guess. Yeah. Different time, huh?
1: I I mean, that was the time uh not just then but it lasted, i don't know until at least the late 80s you know that was pretty common uh mid 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 80s probably yeah mm. but the, the double count out it, it really depended on uh who the, who was wrestling if the wrestlers were both hot enough uh they could have a great match finish with the double count out and everything's more or less still piping hot for the next show
2: yeah and then also Bruno San, how often does Bruno San Martino come to Japan right 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 uh, it's extra special one
1: you got a different right. championship and, also, and a different champion
2: both, both very respected champions uh one WWF champion Bruno San Martino and one international heavyweight champion Giant Baba see international heavyweight title does not say world but it's like it it, it, it symbolizes which is something special uh, the other world heavyweight championship exists in this world, but Baba is international heavyweight champion in Japan. so it's just make him kind of extra special or something.
1: It's a different it's different but it sounds prestigious still.
2: Yeah, yes, yeah. So Baba successfully defended his international heavyweight title both times then in in uh, fast forward a little bit 1975 that bruno San sammartino second reign see cuz there was seven year, uh, seven year reign was Bruno San Martino's first reign. He dropped the title to Ivan Koloff. Then Pedro Morales come in and then becomes the, the uh, new hero champion and, and holds the title for two years. Then he drops the title to Stan Stasiak. Then following month, Bruno San Martino come in and, and beat Stasiak and, be, you know, have his second reign. And this time, another five, six years, right? Then 1975, Bruno San Martino, little aged, Baba uh, too that uh, this time Bruno's WWWF title against Baba's PWF title in all Japan ring, 1975. And that was the only time Bruno came to uh, all Japan ring was WWF belt. Around the same time, Antonio Noki's New Japan signed, signed a partnership with Vince McMasini's WWF, so WWF I should say. And it really seemed the relationship between Bruno and Baba personal relationship, that uh, he, Bruno wouldn't go to Inoki's New Japan, that he would come to Giant Baba's, that in spite of the business deal that Vince McMahon Sr. and Antonio Inoki signed, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the Bruno it was WWF title WWF title belt, physical belt actually in Japan, and in seven trip 1975 trip he did defend the title and what was the result that the baba's pwf against bruno's wwf i looked it up today it was yes double count out (laughs) (laughs) it was interesting huh Mm -hmm. and three years later 1978 uh, clearly that the new japan and wwf's relationship you know grew and Superstar Graham came to New Japan as WWF champion and defended the title against Seiji Sakaguchi instead of antonio Noki. How,
1: how did those um, compare with uh, San Martino's matches?
2: Wow. Well, it, it certainly was political because when, when WWF champion from new york come to japan and you would you would think you'd be facing the top guy uh, uh, antonio inoki right but uh, instead that the main event at the Budokan that night 1978 was antonio inoki against umanosuke ueda the, mm. the you know blonde hair heel japanese with, with this nail death map they, they had that the, the mat of this spiked nail sticking out of the you know outside the ring that uh, nobody you know fell fell in there but uh, it was a deathmatch match situation inoki you know, had and the double main event number one was superstar Billy Graham against Seiji Sakaguchi and count out finish Superstar Billy Graham beat Sakaguchi and defended his title. Hmm. Yeah. Well probably it's, it's Billy, Billy Graham and Antoinoki you know, single match did happen in you know, other times though. When he wasn't champion and inoki beat him easily you know that's in japan right mm-hmm. yeah but uh superstar billy Graham came to japan as wwf champion on one trip is is what i'm saying mm-hmm. and he did not defend his title against inoki and instead he defended his title against sakaguchi and he beat him so he was kind of safe huh mm. yeah then following year in 1979 that uh, Bob Backlund, you know, more, very much like, uh, you know, the type of wrestler Japanese fans would like. Very much so, especially. Yeah, technical in... and yeah, the amateur background and wrestler, wrestler. And if
1: and... people that are listening, you know, if, if you go on YouTube these days, you can find a lot of footage of Backlund in Japan. And his style is just absolutely, it was perfect for Japan, both in the late, 70s 80s uh even in the 90s he was in the uwfi for a few matches so yeah yeah um it's very interesting to look back on Backlund's career in new japan
2: yeah it was like a perfect and actually 1979 on all the way to like you know 82-ish 83-ish the bob Backlund and antonio K- Inoki had like eight important single matches mm-hmm and, but the first meeting is usually the most important, huh? Sure. Yeah. First chapter. Yeah, and it was actually June 1st of 1978, June 1st. So it's only like six months after Bob Beckham won the title from Superstar Billy Graham. So he was introduced as a new New York's king, right? Right. Yeah. And perfect type of wrestler for Japanese market. And this time it was Bob Backlund's WWF title against Antonio Inoki's NWF title, double title. Mm. How are you going to get out of it? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, I think we know. Yeah. Double count out. It was actually two out of three, four match, but one fall only happened. Inoki got the first fall. Okay. Then they wrestled until time ran out.
1: Mm, I see. I see.
2: Yeah, but the, you need two pinfalls or submission to have any championship title switch hands. Therefore, Inoki barely beat Backland, but Backland technically kept the belt. Does that make sense? Right.
1: Right. What it was a kind of a messy, uh, vague finish.
2: Yeah, and then it wasn't even before, it was a count-out
1: finish. Yeah, and it was reported, not exactly, it wasn't the same reporting in the States versus Japan. It was a little bit, especially when it, we'll get later on we talk about the, the martial arts title and the uh, international well, title. This
2: is the initial, it was at the very first match though. The fir- yeah, this is the
1: first match, but what I'm saying is that it's a vague finish, and we saw a lot of those oh, yeah, in this yeah, series.
2: Sixty-minute, two out of three four match, and the first, you know, first fall doesn't don't even come in until like a forty-minute in. You and know, then- so he they, they wrestled forty minutes without one pinfall or submission, and he got the count-out uh, win for the first fall, and they wrestled another twenty minutes without. Any painfuls or anything. So two out of three, four match, but they ran out of time. So one against zero, and Inoki beat him. Uh, as a record. And but the title wouldn't switch hands. Therefore, Inoki kept his NWF title, and Bob Backlund kept his WWF title.
1: Whew. <laughs> I think the point of all of it was to uh, that finish. And uh, the the way they structured the match, I feel like the, you come away thinking Bob Backlin lost, but he didn't look bad. He looked pretty strong against Antonio Inoki. He he mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. he looked almost equal to him at times. And the, the, it, because the match was so long, the psychology would go along the lines of, "Well, he can really." Lots hang of there.
2: wrestling, lots of grappling. Yes, a lot of mat wrestling, and it was uh, it was. Very similar to, almost similar to Inoki you know, Billy Robinson match yes. years back. I was just yeah. thinking
1: that when you were about to see, yeah, yeah very
2: similar approach. Yeah, but uh, the the Bob Backlund being generation younger than Inoki, you know, at the time Bob Backlund was what twenty nine, twenty eight, yeah, mm-hmm. new champion, new king of WWF, new new king of Madison Square Garden, and, you know, promoted real well, you know, and. It's a useless trivia, but uh, this, you know, June 1st, 1978. Actually, this Nippon Budokan, uh, see, it wasn't at the Sumo Palace. It was at the Budokan that made extra special too. And at at Nippon Budokan, and NWF Champion Antonio I against the new WWF Champion Bob Backlund, double title match. It was actually like the biggest match of the year for new japan
0: Mm.
2: okay then the useless trivia was that that the very same day very same day way up in akira akira as in akira dog yeah Mm -hmm. way up in akira giant baba decided to drop his pwf belt to kerato Kamata. nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv which means that it just got easier to
1: be an nfl fan even if you live far away
2: The purpose? Hmm. See, if Janet Baba didn't do anything about it, the very f- you know next day, every single sports paper and newsstand sports paper, they all be inoki against Bob Backlund, right? Mm-hmm. But Baba dropping his very important PWF title to, of all people, Tor Kamata, that you need to split the page. Like a Tokyo Sports, can you imagine like it's like big Tokyo Sports paper? Very next day, the subway station. If Baba dropped the title the very same day, you have to have half the article Inoki against Bob uh, Bob Backlund. The other half of the early, you know the sp- space would be Baba against Kiratoa Kamata That the Baba dropping the title. So I guess he chose to do so that day. Isn't that interesting? Very interesting strategy. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the, the Tokyo Sports or Nika Sports, that, that this daily well, tabloid, of course, but the sports paper, the newsstand sports paper come out every day that uh, if you didn't do anything about it, that uh, Inoki Barback will match you be just all over that paper next day. Hmm. And no coverage on all Japan that day, right? So I guess John Baba decided way up in Akita, that the PWF title match that nobody really paid attention to Baba quietly dropped the title to Kira to Akamata and the new champion to Akamata with his PWF belt that as a result, very next day, Tokyo sport had to split the page in half. Hmm. Very interesting, huh?
1: And it's also interesting to see, uh, it, well, the news is happening in Tokyo. And if yeah. you're not in Tokyo, it might be harder to get the attention of most of the people that you want the attention of.
2: And also way up in way up in Akita that day, you know, Giant Bob against Kirito, Kamata, PWF title match. Oh, big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Then that, that part of the reason that they only sent one or two photographers up there, you know? Mm-hmm. And not not too many photo, ex- you know, actually exist, because all the rep- important reporters and photographers and all the magazine and sports page all went to Budokan that day, you know, against Bob Beckon, biggest match of the year. Right. Hmm. Yeah, so that was my useless tribute. Anyhow, hmm. for the for next for, for the next four years or so, Inoki and Bob Backlund had like a seven eight very important you know title matches uh, against one another. And seventy nine, it's a real famous one that uh, Inoki beat Bob Backlund in Tokushima to become very first Japanese WWF champion.
1: Now that is something that has always been a little bit. Uh... I guess confusing for some fans over in the states, especially because of how it was always.
2: Yeah, because it was not uh, Inoki was not officially WWE champion as as the WWE record goes. Right. Right. Yeah. So it was never talked about much. Yeah, but the clearly televised match that Inoki beat Bob Backlund to become very first Japanese WWE champion. It's on television, and, and it was on newspaper, I mean, sports paper. It was on all the new wrestling magazines. Inoki clearly beat Bob Backlund to become the very first Japanese WWF Champion. And when Inoki passed away last year, remember uh, that uh, Corey Graves uh, acknowledged that he was not officially recorded uh, WWE Champion. But Antoine Inoki was the, f- the only uh, first and only WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Mm. So they finally acknowledged it, right? That's right, that's right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But as a record, Inoki's name didn't exist in uh, in a title match, you know, that lineage uh, up, up until now. What happened was that uh, five days after um, Inoki beat Bob Backlund for the WWF title, that the very first title defense against former champion Bob Backlund, of course, uh, back, in, in, back in Tokyo, the Taiga Jitsin in affairs, right? And uh the referee bump and two second referee and uh, the one says it's uh, that the uh, DQ finish and the other said no 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 clearly that the Bob Backlund beat uh Antonio Inoki with his atomic uh, knee drop uh, after Tiger Jitsing in a fair and one referee says uh, that uh, Bob Backlund beat him and get the title back. Another referee said no, it was the, the double DQ. Very creative, huh? mm-hmm it gets more creative that uh, inoki did not want to defend his wwe title that way therefore he relinquished the you know the title and became vacant does that make sense yeah uh how how would
1: how did the backland carry it back to the states
2: you know i mean i'll get to it i'm gonna Ah. get to it for japanese press and uh, all the wrestling magazine went went you know went with it that the uh, right Inoki made the title vacant. Okay, mm-hmm. that it was announced in Japan to the press that uh, Inoki and Bob Back Backlund will meet again, following a month at Madison Square Garden in New York. Okay, yeah. Then following month, this Madison Square Garden, you know, once a month thing, right? It got the extra, you know, extravaganza at Madison Square Garden. It's a bigger stage kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And all the Japanese photographers and reporters went to New York and, and then they were thinking that it was going to be the rematch of, re-rematch that the Bob Backlund will meet Antonio in New York City this time, right? Thinking, mm-hmm. they went to the building, then Vince McMahon Sr., has this press, you know, short press conference for Japanese press only, okay? Bob Backlund will meet Bobby Duncan for the title, uh, the, the title, and because you know we think he'll title against Chicago Case closed. Okay, so Bob Backlund had actually already scheduled match announced the following you know like a uh, previous month that uh, fans in new york knew that it was going to be bob Backlund against bob bobby Duncan. only japanese press i mean japanese fans because of japanese press i guess manipulated that uh, it was it was treated as if vince mcmahon senior switched the lineup that the, now that that the vacant title um background will be facing uh big bad cowboy bobby duncom instead of Anthony noki because Antonio noki will be defending his wwf martial arts title okay that night and uh all in all that the, the Antonio noki against bob back and rematch did not take place does that make any sense
1: well it makes sense but it's convoluted that's for sure and uh <laughs> we, it, they were uh... so
2: careful though that the uh, it previous previous month that uh, it was you know if you remember three months program you know champion Bob Backlund or or Superstar Billy Graham or Bruno Sam Sammartino or anybody for that matter if you remember Madison Square Garden they usually had three consecutive matches remember mm-hmm. you know Bob Backlund against some challenger that the first month at the Madison Square Garden usually the challenger the new challenger. Beat Bob Backlund, count finish, Square Garden. That the Bob Backlund gets so mad, then he gets DQ'd. And the third, you know, that the third match is uh, the third month at the Madison Square Garden, he concludes like uh, that uh, you have a decisive winner. Then Bob Backlund usually beat this challenger. Then program goes on. It was actually Bob Backlund against Bobby Duncan's third matchup. Therefore, it was Texas announced in New York City, Texas deathmatch. Mm-hmm. They were so careful. Bob Backlund comes in without the belt because it was Texas deathmatch situation. Right? right. Then all the Japanese TV and, and Japanese photographers uh, that, the, you know, they they have ringside photography at first. Right. That. The, right. Uh, Bob and did not come in to the ring with belt on. Therefore, mm. yeah, they're so careful about it, right? Especially
1: around the magazine photographers.
2: Mm. But it's been 40 years now.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's amazing that it turned into this myth for a long time and that it was disputed and that it was uh, that somebody and like I
2: still believe that that uh, Antonio ba- Noki that, that uh, returned the title because he did not like the way he defended his wwf title therefore i don't want it right okay like, like that makes sense in japan well japan only i guess mm-hmm. so he they and the new japan announced it <clears throat> it will be a rematch you know that another rematch between bob acklin and and, and antonio noki this time at madison square garden following month and then oh, of course all the photographers and reporters go fly into new york to get that you know match or just you know, photography and stories and interviews and everything, and TV Asahi, you know, videotaped it too. Mm. And Bob Backen comes in into the ring with no championship belt on his waist, and hisashi Asashima at the time, that the uh, figurehead president of WWF, holding this purple leather, brand new WWF title belt, like is to decide the new champion. Something. It's photographed. And uh, it was like a carefully, carefully, creatively planned, and uh, but at the same time, that uh, according to today's Vince McMahon, you know, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, that he felt that Antonio Inoki um, double crossed his father at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how he looked at it, you know. Because if it was Giant Baba against Harley Race NWA title, Giant Baba would beat Harley Race in Japan to become NWA World Champion, right? Sure. A week later, Giant Baba usually dropped his title back to Harley Race in Japan, non televised match. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to forget about it. But this time, Inoki never lost the match after he beat background for the championship. I see. So that, yeah, this is a little bit different. Uh, a little bit very creative. Anyhow, that that night, uh, Antonio Inoki instead defended his um, WWF Martial Arts title and. Uh, um, Against Iron Sheik, of course, and uh, the, the, it was the title given to Inoki by Vince McMahon Sr. one year after Inoki Muhammad Ali match. So it, it was also another prestige, prestigious title. Although Inoki defended it didn't defend that martial arts title outside of you know Japan all that much, but mm-hmm. the, the title, the story was that W W F. Vince McMahon Sr. gave Antonio Noki that WWF World Martial Arts title. And he was always on the WWE program, if you remember. Remember from like a, 40 years ago, uh, Bob Backlund WWF champion, and Harley Race NWA champion, Tatsumi Fujinami, NWA, uh, WWF Junior Heavyweight t- champion, enlisted listed Anthony Noki as WWF Martial Arts t- champion. Mm. Then in the Continental Champion, whom, whomever that was at the time. And WWF Tag Team Champion like uh, Afa and Shika the Samoans or some, and all those champions recognized by WWF at the time. Anyhow, that uh, even after this, you know, very creative and controversial, you know, that the title match switch and, and and all that drama to go with it. Bob Backlund, in you Noki know, again in Mexico and one in Florida and back to Japan, and yeah, um, the the all in all bob Backlund was WWF undisputed again wwf champion until hulk hogan era yeah that's right and it kind
1: of um, yeah. it kind of coincides with uh, what happened
2: in wwf too same timeline yeah, because, um vincent kennedy mcmahon today's vince mcmahon took over the company and going national expansion National tour, right? Not just New York and Philadelphia and in Boston and East Coast area, but the, 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 the his vision of WWF going to national, right? With Hulk Hogan as champion, not with Bob Backlund. So he chose Hulk Hogan over Bob Backlund pretty much, right? In December of 1983, that the Iron Sheik again very. Much that they always had this transition champion, right? Ivan Koloff beat Bruno San Martino before Pedro Morales, and Pedro Morales dropped the title to Stan Stasiak. And following month, that Bruno San Martino come, comes back and beats Stasiak to to have second reign. And Superstar Billy Graham, ten months reign. He was the only heel champion had long, you know, pretty long reign. But for the next seven years or so, Bob Backlund was the sole champion. That the, the WWF was always like babyface champion oriented. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. The hero. Uh, Anyhow, yeah, that yeah. So December of '83, that Iron Sheik beat Bob Backlund, and January of '84, very next month, Hulk Hogan comes in and beat. Iron Sheik, for the first time, become WWF World Heavyweight Champion in Hulkamania begins. Mm. Yeah. So it really, really um, symbolized the relationship with Japan, but it's it also tells the, the story about how WWF as a company changed, too.
1: Yeah, it really does mark uh, an important time in WWFs. Uh, like corporate structure and uh the whole takeover of vince mcmahon jr and the cable territories and such
2: yeah then interestingly enough that the six months to be exactly seven months then before hulk hogan's very first title you know reign uh beating iron Sheik. And the Hulk Hogan, June of 83, Hulk Hogan beat Anthony Noki to become the very first IWGP tournament winner. So mm. he was big, huge superstar before he was WWF champion. Well, that's right. Ichiban. Yeah, yeah, with this black trunks with Ichiban Kanji on it with silver mm-hmm. boots and he split time, you know, half half the year in Japan with New Japan and half the year in Wurngang as AWA at the time. Yeah. In, uh then Vince McMahon secre- se- basically secretly signed Hal Hogan away from AWA. I mean, believe it or not, in 83, Vern Gagne did not issue this written contract with Hal Hogan at the time. I mean, like very a very old fashioned, right? And mm-hmm. you would think all these wrestlers are under written contract. He wasn't. And uh, just Hal Hogan basically <laughs> That's like yesterday's technology. Telegraphed, Verngania. Yeah, seriously, wasn't yeah. even the phone call. Telegraphed. Uh, it's like, what's telegraph now? <laughs> Maybe today's kids don't know what the telegraph is, right? I guess it's yeah. just like a text. Yeah, yeah. Today's text. Yeah, that he told Verngania that I ain't coming back. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Verngania technically or legally couldn't stop him from going anywhere, you know, any place yeah because he was not under written contract anyhow that uh as of january 84 hulk hogan's uh, you know hulkamania begins and he's now that the national expansion world tour the vince mcmahon vision of pro you know pro wrestling and wwe uh just like a WrestleMania. era, Actually, first WrestleMania wouldn't start until following year. You know, the uh, March thirty-first of nineteen eighty-five. But uh, this eighty-four is very symbolic because Hulk Hogan being WWF champion, national touring champion, right? At the same time, he still honored all the tours in New Japan. Isn't that weird? It's uh,
1: uh, unbelievable to think one, about.
2: It's really. Yeah, one day he was WWE champion with yellow trunks and yellow boots traveling all over the United States. Then get on the plane and come to Japan and put the black tights on and the silver boots on and work New Japan. All same year. Yeah. Unique. So that, it's wild to think about. That, yeah, I mean, it was 40 years ago almost, but uh, Hulk Hogan was. Having that kind of schedule that year, <clears throat> I mean, that's it's, it's unheard of, huh it's it
1: hasn't been like that since eighty five
2: right, right. but uh, his the the Vince McMahon's vision of this national expansion or more like a conquering the whole world, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, not just in the United States and all the ter- existing territory, but you start touring all over the world, and uh, what well, they call they used to call it wrestling renaissance or something. And you have Cindy Lauper, the- you have WrestleMania first, that uh, all these celebrity guests that, uh, uh, if you remember, Tuesday Night Titan, mm-hmm. TNT show, yeah, and all in the studio. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and but the pretty much following year as of nineteen eighty five, right before WrestleMania era begins, Vince pretty much decided to pull all the WWF talent from Japan. You're not going to Japan anymore. You know That's what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, like Adrian Adonis, the Paul Orndorf, the cowboy Bob Orton, the uh at the time like I am Mike Sharp. I mean, he was not a, you know, enhanced talent that he was regular, you know pretty much on top of the car too. Uh, Big John Studd, um, uh, they even stole King Kong Bundy from New Japan, you know, and and signed away, and signed him away, and and all these WWF talent who was regularly working for New Japan pretty much disappeared altogether in the middle of 1985. Even Adrian Adonis. they're all you know, signed full time deal with WWE under, you know, WWF contract with Vince McMahon and nobody's going to Japan. And what was interesting was that even after WrestleMania one, Hulk Hogan waited one more trip to Japan, like in spring of 85, uh, black trunk, New Japan trunks with Ichiban on it. And he defended WWF title against Tatsumi Fujinami that year. This time, not, not, not Inoki anymore because Inoki probably how kogan being wwf champion and inoki being a uh, challenger for that it just doesn't make sense right because inoki has to beat him <laughs> you know what i'm saying mm. yeah so champ in how wwf champion how kogan came back to japan like in june of 85 and one more time and he defended his wwf title against tatsumi fujinami of course he beat fujinami And pretty much that year later that they announced it that that their partnership expired, you know, then there was a title, you know, within New Japan that the WWF international champion, it was a Fujinami at the time, all vacant, WWF international tag team title, Fujinami and Kengo Kimura, vacant. And uh, that was the year Bruce Avrodi signed with new Japan carry that uh, the carry von Eric, Kevin von Eric, you know, the Dallas people that world-class signed the partnership with new Japan, all, all, all kinds of new wrestlers start coming in, but WWF superstar basically disappeared from new Japan ring. I'm talking about, mm. and it was another five years until 1990, if you remember wrestling summit april 13th 1990 at the tokyo dome wwf and all japan pro wrestling Jan baba and antonio inoki's well well, he was already politician but uh, sakaguchi as a boss new japan old japan and WWF, three major companies in, in the world combined
1: all right so fumi and i had a little bit of screwy internet issues zoom issues so we had to cut today's show short but it's okay because next week, we're going to come right back at you with part two of this series on WWF, WWE Champions in Japan. And we're going to start right where we left off, talking about Wrestling Summit in 1990. Tokyo Dome. We'll get back at you next week.
2: Write that, write that down, Fumi Saito. <laughs>